Welcome, everyone, to the CapsCorner.com podcast. CapsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. And brought to you all football season along by the good folks over at ThoreinWealth.com. Check them out, T-H-O-R-I-U-M.com for more information and full disclosures. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of the website, coming to you live from the parking lot at St. Mark's, where Virginia has just broken a losing streak to Virginia Tech. I believe the final score is 39-30. I'm not exactly sure, but pandemonium broke out. Uh, I am joined by David Spence and Justin Ferber, who are not in Fisherville or in Reston. They are right here because I just said joined by. Um, I guess I, I'm curious, how, how do we feel? Does it feel like we thought it would feel? Dave, we'll start with you as the as the one who is – we, should we say you are you should, you are sufficiently imbibed? Is that a good way to describe it? I'm heading it? that direction. I'm yeah. heading that direction, yeah. All right, so how does it feel compared to the way you thought it would feel? It's – I'm going to take a second because it is amazing. Um, the way it happened, like perfection, right? Like everything embodied in a way. It wasn't like a 2-10 and ten Virginia beating a 2-10 two and a two and ten Virginia Tech. It was everything. And the moment of the Hendon Hooker strip sack to make it 39-30, to 30, the stadium was the loudest I've ever heard. I got to come back and drink this Maker's Mark. I've been toting around for 11 years. 11 years. And there's my hokey wife is standing right over here waiting to drop me home as soon as we finish this. Um, the the moment the moment that that Virginia the moment that Virginia gets the sack. I don't think Ferber had yet decided that it was over. When did you think it was over? Uh, when we got to the press conference and Bronco was there. Uh, no, uh, you know the the strip sack play obviously put them up two scores at that point. The win probability is great, um, but I've seen some shit. Like, I know I'm not probably, probably supposed to say that, but, uh, you know, like, you never – I was – the way that my mind works is like, oh, this would be the worst possible way to lose this game if they somehow squander a multiple-score lead with, like, less than two minutes to go. But, yeah, I mean, the first sack was a big indicator that things were going in the right direction, and, and Tech was kind of behind the eight ball at that point. But, damn, I, I want to make sure that Brian Delaney gets a shout-out because that dude stepped up and made a career-high 48-yard field goal after he missed an extra point earlier in the game. And, I mean, you know, stones on that kid, right? I mean, and I mean that was the game-winning field goal, so I wanted to make sure that that gets sometimes – you know, it might get forgotten in everything that happened afterwards, but that was a huge kick. And then the defense obviously was excellent down the stretch after really having some struggles before that. Yeah, I thought the defense really let them down for most of the day. And then out of nowhere, they, they, they showed up and made huge plays. Noah Taylor, two picks – both his only two picks of his career. Uh, the second one I thought really ignited UVA, gave them momentum. I think f- most of us thought in that second half as things were sort of unfolding that it had gone back to business as usual, right? That it that like it, it felt familiar. I think Ferber even tweeted that. Like it just felt familiar. And I could, you could feel the angst in the stadium. Like the, everybody's, you know, everybody had the lemon booty working real strong. And then Bryce and the offense just kept all of a sudden just started scoring at will tech would would respond virginia would respond it was like they were trading haymakers and you just got the sense that somebody was going to make a mistake and ultimately it was virginia tech yeah it's crazy like you know as much as much grief as dr bob has gotten over the season like against virginia tech in big moments like that offense has showed up and so he's called a great game but what's interesting to me is like essentially they ran no huddle for the second half and they couldn't stop them um I can't remember the number, but it's over almost 70 points. The offense has scored against Virginia Tech in the second half of the last two years, or 60-plus, um, which is insane. 
And well, especially considering all those numbers that we've looked at, you know, how many shutout quarters they've had and, you know, Bud Foster rides out into the sunset giving up 39 points um, in Scott Stadium. That's kind of funny. Um, and, hey, you know, congratulations to him on a great career, and I hope we never see him again. <laughs> uh, I want to go back to your story about the Maker's Mark. So you've had a bottle of Maker's Mark with an orange and blue um, wax on the top that you have brought. Stop. And you've been carrying this thing to every Virginia Tech game since what, 2008. Um, we've all had a taste of it tonight. It was You were worried this morning it would, it would taste pretty horrible. Uh, I would just say it had a heck of a kick. Um, as, as, as somebody who, and I'm going to try to say this softly so that Ashley doesn't hear me, but as somebody who is surrounded by Hokies like all the time, your whole entire, that side of your family is all Hokies. I know we we gave you your props. You're fine. Um, how, what does this mean to you? And if you don't cry right now, I'm gonna be very upset. I already did my crying. Like, uh, you know, we, we did our crying in the stands. But what this means to me is uh, next Thanksgiving is gonna be much more enjoyable. Right? The silence. Enjoy the silence. Depeche Mode said it best. <laughs> I think when you say enjoy the silence, I've already played it once since we got home. Um, but yeah, I mean the Maker's Mark. 2008 brew I could not wait to get back but I had to stop like we had to stop and see all the people on the way back because like the electricity if, if you weren't at the game tonight like there's so many you're there like the craziness of that stadium I've been in the, like I'm an old guy we, we joke about it all the time but I've been in that stadium when we beat Clemson in 1990 I've been in the, the stadium when we beat not Florida State in 95 when Hendon Hooker got sacked and strip fumbled it, that is the loudest I've ever heard Scott Stadium. And it wasn't just the moment. It was like 15 years of release was gone. And then it was the walking back. And if you've been a Virginia fan at t games against Tech, like the walk back for the last, whatever, 12 years, uh, 16 years basically, eight home games or seven home games prior to today, you had to walk back hearing like, let's go, Hokie, tonight silence i believe you you signaled as if you had a point I, I just wanted to mention you said something about crying in the press conference brad taps me on the shoulder he's like I'm about to ask a question and he's like i'm gonna make this dude cry bronco uh, did it work yes and it was hilarious because he asked him he was like what does it mean to you to so he broke the rock after the game um yes so but the players asked him to do it and that was kind of and he asked like why did how did that make you feel and he's like it's the ultimate compliment and then he started crying and brad looked back at me with like such pride that he made him cry it was great it was really funny i think that there's a certain set of skills that goes in to be able to ask a question in post game and make a dude cry also uh i don't know if you've heard this yet dave but uh bryce perkins had tonsillitis and was tonsillitis was in the hospital saturday night after the liberty game had his tonsils drained on monday he said the the pus that it got from his tonsils was like that and so that's why he didn't talk to us on Monday, because he was apparently getting his tonsils drained. And then he goes out there and drops 490-some yards or whatever it was. My apologies in advance. Uh, one of the most incredible performances I think I've ever seen. But what was crazy to me was that he had such a huge impact early, and then it kind of stopped for a long time, right? And there was this kind of sense of, like, if Virginia's offense doesn't get going again, this thing is donezo. Um, and then it was like somebody flipped a switch, and all of a sudden, you know, the, maybe the lanes – yeah, the big play to Reed was huge, but he was wide open. Now, we should mention that Caleb Farley did not play for Virginia Tech. Apparently some back spasms, something he's been dealing with all season. Um, given Virginia's issues in the secondary, I mean, sorry, but, you know, 
I'm, we're, nobody's going <laughs> to shed any tears for you. But it just it, for for Virginia to come back and and be that strong and then answer the call and, and win that thing so emphatically, I thought. I mean, that's one for the ages. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, I didn't know about the time slightest thing. That's crazy balls. Like I can't even think of the name for that. But we were talking about it. Like you know, two drives in, essentially Virginia's up 13-3. And Bryce Perkins looks like he's about to have the game of his life. Um, so th- the crazy thing to me was at this point, Bryce Perkins is 12-1 and one at, at home as a starter. And a good dude who's been here two years and never played D1 ball before he got here. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like he played at Arizona State and transferred here, right? Like he, he had an injury and transferred to junior college. The dude was 12-1. and one. He's on the Mount Rushmore UVA quarterbacks right now. I mean to to end the 15 year streak and do what he did in the process, and then if you put on the like this the tonsillitis part is like in, like Michael Jordan's flu game, right? Like the fact that he's been sick all week and he goes out and does what he did today. I mean, even if he, even if that part wasn't real, like it would be legendary. That just takes it up a notch. What do you think, Farber? Yeah, I mean, I just his numbers are ridiculous considering he had almost two quarters where he didn't do anything. Thirty or 311 passing yards on 33 attempts, a touchdown and a pick. Uh, the pick I don't really think was his fault. He got hit. Um, and then he ran for 164 yards and two scores. So that's almost 500 yards of total offense. He had 475 yards. Was it his best game of the year? Yeah, uh, for sure. Like, so because we had the we had the prop bet. Well, yeah. it wasn't his best statistical game because North Carolina he had more yards. Uh, See, here's the thing. For me, for, <laughs> for me, like Bryce has has always been a guy who who could do some stuff that you didn't expect. And I think today, to do it in a moment that just felt like it wasn't going to happen, you know? Like, it felt like this was, you know, this was the same kind of replay over that Virginia fans have dealt with, you know, losing the football over and over and over. And then for him to come out and do what he did, to hit the passes late, considering how, like, he, he seemed off. And it made sense, actually, in hindsight, that he had tonsillitis, right? Because he just looked, it looked like for the first, you know, half, I mean, yeah, he was great on the ground, and those draw lanes were great. But he could not seem to find his rhythm. He couldn't find his, his mechanics. For him to do to, to kind of turn it on like that against that defense in that spot, I mean, yeah, Mount Rushmore for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that it'll get kind of lost in the result, but Tech hadn't given up a point nine quarters. That defense, and in the first half, I mean, th- those two, I just wanted to talk about those two touchdowns he had early. I've never seen that much room to run, like on one of those plays, because UVA runs those plays all the time. But other than that, I thought Tech's defense was fantastic in the first half. Like, they were just all over all the short stuff. Um, they gave up the one play to Dubois, and then obviously UVA kind of backed their way out of field uh, you know, field goal range there. But, yeah, I thought they were really good, and then UVA kind of opened them up. It was that one drive that I really felt like, you know what this game, it kind of reminded me of was the Florida State game where it was like a stalemate for almost three whole quarters. And then UVA, like, all of a sudden, boom, boom, boom the passing game is working and they hit that play to read and then Dubois has the catch. Um, I think that was a different drive. And then Kemp had the touchdown, you know, like. And the little wee into the end zone that you love so much. Yeah, 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 a little jump into the end zone. But, yeah, I mean, I thought that they were – they just played a fantastic – it was just a great game. I mean, really, I mean, Tech kind of answered the bell a few times, came back, made some big plays. And um, I think that once they got into – they had to pass situation, UVA was able to kind of, like, just get after them. Yeah, pin their ears back, right. Dave, with, with you being our resident, um, I don't know, you're the host of the, the tailgate every week. How how satisfied do you feel right now? On a scale of 1 to 10, I'm a We Beat Virginia Tech. <laughs> At 11 D? 11 D. I'm 11 D. One straight. Um, no, I mean, it, it's wonderful, man. Like, 
maybe I've said it already because I'm having a good time and the maker's mark is flowing but um, like the just the release when y'all could feel it right I mean I don't know if you guys were on the field at that point or still in the press box but like the anger like the joy the 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 joyous release 2019 has <laughs> been a good year for Wahoos right yeah I mean, the year the Wahoo continues Dave's yeah talking about his yeah, sweet release, sweet release. All right. SMS, SMS Let, before one, before we get too <laughs> too straight too too straight too far from the safer work, um, if you are a hokey and you're listening to this, sorry Ashley, um, my apologies in advance for what we're going to talk about here. But like, I think we all can agree that if you have tech fans in your life, if this game had ended, you had not heard from them in weeks, months. You would have heard from them today. And look, when you win 15 straight, you get bragging rights. Okay, that's cool. But like. Today's point earlier about the silence, like I think that release you're talking about, like that's what it was. Like there is this thing that has been hanging over this program for years, for a decade and a half. It's Lucy and Charlie Brown. It's it's worse than that. Um, you walk out of that, you know, we every week we do these press conferences after the game. You walk by, and the first thing you see when you walk out is the beat tech on the wall with the clock in in the locker room. And today it's at zero 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 zero, and they had the cup. So I mean, that kind of is something that is un, you know, unusual, unique, whatever. Um, I mean, I'll say this. I, I don't want to get too you know complimentary, but I know people don't like that. Uh, I mean, it's hard to beat anybody 15 years in a row. So I think that they should be able to take some solace in that, um, you know. But, I mean, that's, it's over now. Yeah, and then, and then the other thing to me, uh, <laughs> you mentioned the clock and, and kind of the, um, you know, the cup. Like, Ferber and I talked about it at some point in the game like how does this even happen because UVA's only had the thing three times right yeah. is there even a script like how does it even get handed from one person to another you know that kind of thing um it was really cool though to see the kids in the locker room with the cup you know filling up with water waiting for the for the celebration um I know for me personally I I've said this before on the show I I own a site with a message board so this this is next to a national championship right up there for me, right? Beating Virginia Tech and ending this streak, knowing that I don't have to, you know, all of the stress that comes with it. But I know that there are a lot of fans who probably listen to the show right now who feel exactly the same way, right, who, who, have, who have year in, year out wanted this game. And Ferber brought this up earlier, and I want to give him props for this because it completely frames the way I thought about this. For 364 days in a year, you can't do anything about this thing. This was the one day, and all of us, you had to go to the stadium, you had to live it. You had to, the only way out was through, and they did it. And I, I, I still, I still don't, it, it's almost like, it feels, I feel like I did in Minneapolis. Like, it doesn't feel real. Now, I understand comparing a national championship, winning the Final Four to a loss, excuse me, a win over your rival after you've, you know, lost 15 times in a row is kind of ridiculous, but it feels very similar, at least in terms of that relief and the sort of like euphoria and the sort of like, um, just the kind of just, it's almost like you're not really sure what to feel. Like you're, it's like, oh, wow. Like you're just kind of stuck, kind of searching for words. Um, we'll wrap this up on this. <clears throat> we'll have to talk in a few days about Clemson. <laughs> To the, to, the, the to the victor go the spoils. And if you're one of those people who's shelled out several hundred dollars for tickets to, to, the, to the game, um, congratulations. You have won a chance to watch Virginia in the ACC championship game for the first time. But um, I guess I want to end it like this. Um, had We talked about this on the show the other day, like how, how, this, how this game would go to define this season, right? As we look back on it now, it's easily the biggest game of the Mendenhall era. 
right? It's easily the biggest game I can remember covering on the beat. How how do you where do you put this thing, Ferber, in the in the big scheme of things? Yeah, I mean, it, it just uh, we've seen a lot of bad UVA football over the years against Tech against other teams. Today just felt kind of like a big game, even with the. I mean, I, I am not a fan of the Friday noon kickoff, and you know, being here today made me even less of a fan of it because I think this game deserved to be at night, and I know that there are reasons that it wasn't, but. You know, it's just inconvenient for people, and, and people really had to make sacrifices to be here. And, and the crowd was just fantastic. I mean, I think Dave said it, but it's the loudest I've ever heard the stadium, and I've been here for some big games. Um, I think that it's it's good for the players and it's good for the fans to just be able to, you know, go home tonight and just not have to deal with this anymore for a while. But, I mean, I, the, it's funny because, you know, during the game when they were losing, I was sitting there thinking, like, you can't just make the thing end. You, you can't just, like, will your way to make it end. I mean, you have to go out and make plays. And, you know, Bryce Perkins, after the game, made a point of, like, every, everywhere he goes, people are like, hey, man, we don't really care what you do. Just beat Tech, okay? And, and you know, he was glad to, to get that monkey off his back. And I'm really glad for him because more than anybody, more than Bronco, more than the fans, just because – maybe not all the, the – some of the fans have had to go through a lot. But Perkins particularly, like last year, I think he took that really personally, what happened at the end of that game. And he was fantastic in that game. And then not only that, but then he had to deal with, like, you know, tech trolls on social media, like giving him crap for fumbling at the end of the game. And, and he came out and kicked their ass today. Ferber <laughs> determined to make this uh, a cursing podcast. Um, all right, Dave, I'm going to give you the last word after I say my little spiel, which is, listen, there are a lot of fans out there who wanted to see this and you finally did and I hope that you enjoyed every second of it um, you earned it and it was earned not given and that's what they did and I'm I, I'm just really floored um, and happy for everybody who finally gets to have the monkey off their back who has all those friends who now are not texting them who doesn't have to worry about going to you know to work tomorrow morning or Monday or whatever uh, and and not have to hear uh, you know comments about the game or oh I'm so sorry they lost it you know, you can you can ride this wave. Virginia probably going to be ranked come you know beginning next week. Cavaliers are going to have to play Clemson in the ACC championship. I'm guessing going to the Orange Bowl. Um, so I guess we'll we'll wait and see how that unfolds. But I, I just want to say shout out to everybody who has been coming to these games for the last 15 years, hoping to see their team win. You finally got it, and uh, I hope it, I hope it felt uh, hope it felt amazing. Dave, take us out. It did feel amazing. I mean, I was here at 6:50 this morning because of the un, unfair noon kickoff. But I got to tell you, the noon kickoff time felt really good when that game ended, and you realize I have hours to enjoy this, right? Um, 360-some days, in fact. Yeah, I mean, the the team was amazing. And, look, you you can pick nits all you want with the performance during the year and the losses we had, but you have to – like, the way the defense – like, we talked about it in, uh, in the podcast leading up to this. Like, I, th- I thought we might see, like, Noah Taylor playing – DB and he played DB the whole game and the defense got burnt a lot in the second half. But that's the best that's the best defense they could have out, have out there. And once once Virginia Tech Virginia Tech started making mistakes, that defense was able to bring pressure that you couldn't have brought with a nickel package. So it's here, like it's beautiful. We're sitting in the parking lot. There's no let's go Hokies chance. Like you, there's a fire in the distance over there. You see it, and there's a Virginia Tech flag. It's not even waving. It's just giving up. So go who's. And on that note, I want to thank everybody out there who continues to support the show. I want to thank Dave and Ferber for giving me a few minutes here in the parking lot. Um, 
and uh, and Dave's wife for being gracious enough to uh, let us record this while he, she's waiting to drive him home. If you are somebody out there who found the podcast uh, through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it is that you get your shows. Uh, a ratings review helps to get us out in front of more people. If you are somebody who has found the pod but has not given us a look, check us out, CapsCorner.com. We're going to have a lot of stuff about this game, spoiler alert, uh, and then we'll get you right for basketball next week in Purdue and ACC Championship game in Clemson. Lord willing, the creek don't rise. Um, can't believe they actually did it. For Justin Ferber and David Spence, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.